Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. This is Marty McDermott, the president of Franchise Interviews, and I can't start today's show without talking about the ISO 10002. You know, some people just love to complain, but companies have a responsibility to care. The International Organization for Standardization, ISO, has revised ISO 10002, the standard for complaint handling. This document enables organizations to foster a customer-focused environment, open the feedback, heightening their customer satisfaction. You can get the ISO 10002 standard from the American National Standards Institute, ANSI, U.S. member body of ISO. Visit ANSI.org forward slash complain to learn more. That's ANSI.org forward slash complain to learn more. Franchise interviews from Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia. You're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Welcome to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews has been giving an up-close, behind-the-scenes look at franchising and entrepreneurship. Listen to interviews with franchisers, franchisees, franchise authors, franchise experts, and attorneys. And now, welcome your host, Marty McDermott, and Franchise Interviews. Hi, everyone, and welcome to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over 12 years now, we've been asking the franchisepreneurs of all one. I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and we have a great show today. We're meeting with the CEO of Pigtails and Crew Cuts, Wade Brannon. And Pigtails and Crew Cuts is a children's salon franchise that understands the need for a memorable, stress-free haircutting experience for the entire family. We're going to talk to Wade about that in just a moment on Franchise Interviews. So stick around because we have a great show. The Stone Coat Franchise Opportunity. Are you looking for a unique and lucrative franchise opportunity? If so, take a look at Stone Coat. With a patented process which creates a true stone finish on almost any wall or ceiling, Stone Coat is a true game-changing product in the multi-billion dollar construction industry. Stone Coat is applied faster, cleaner, and cheaper than conventional quarried stone, which saves both time and money. With advantages in remodel and new construction of both residential and commercial projects, Stone Coat is a true crossover product. The Stone Coat franchise opportunity provides a low startup cost, low operating expenses, comprehensive training, ongoing support, and no royalty payments. For more information on the Stone Coat franchise opportunity, go to www.stonecoatfranchise.com. That's www.stonecoatfranchise.com or call us at 972-380-2700. That's 972-380-2700. Hi, this is Connie McDermott, Administrative Assistant for Franchise Interviews, LLC, and you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews, from Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia. You're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. 
Hi, everyone, and welcome back to a very special edition of Franchise Interviews, where for over 12 years now, we've been asking the franchipreneurs of all one I'm your host, Marty McDermott. I'm the president of Franchise Interviews, and as we were saying earlier, we have a great show today. We're meeting with the CEO of Pigtails and Crew Cuts, Wade Brannon. And Pigtails and Crew Cuts is a children's salon franchise that understands the need for a memorable, stress-free haircutting experience for the entire family. Hi, Wade. How are you? Welcome to the show. I'm great, Marty. Thank you for having me. Uh, this is my pleasure, Wade. We always like to ask our guests, where are you calling from this morning, Wade? I am in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, beautiful. How's the weather down there today, Wade? It's going to be hot. We're in July, <laughs> and it is now it has now gotten to be what it's supposed to be in July, so we're going to sweat it a has. little. Okay. Well, you guys have those nice winters, though, don't you? Well, it's a little warmer than eastern Pennsylvania, that's for sure. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's great. This was a great story, Wade. You know, when I was reading about pigtails and crew cuts, I said, wow, this is a really fantastic story. I thought, you know, maybe we can go back to the beginning. You know, you can kind of like talk a little bit about the origin, about how this whole concept really came about. Sure. Be happy to. Um, I've been in the franchise business since 1984, and uh, I had sold my previous concept, which was a company called Heavenly Ham. My partners and I sold it to Honey Baked Ham Mm -hmm. after a number of years, and I was looking for my next opportunity, and I met a lady. I had taken my children to the first pigtails and crew cuts here in Atlanta, Mm -hmm. and I met the lady who had started it, and she asked me to help her, said that she was interested in franchising it. Right. And we had a couple meetings, and she indicated that that really wasn't the direction she wanted to go, so I ended up buying the concept from her, which at the time was one salon and a registered trademark and kind of a general idea. And then we spent, I spent the next year or so putting the bones in place, the systems in place, mm-hmm. to build it into a franchisable concept. And that's what we've been working on ever since. So that was in late 2004, and we started franchising in 2005. What was it about the concept that initially stood out, Wade? Because, again, I mean, you had a background in franchising, so you know you kind of know what works. What was it that stood out that you said, you know what, this, this is very interesting. Um, I'm going to take advantage of this opportunity. Well, it, it was several things. From a personal mm-hmm. perspective, I had a I have a son who's, uh, he's 21 now, but at the time yeah. he loathed getting a haircut. I mean, it was a <laughs> scream fest, just yeah. a horrible experience. I call it the Samson complex. Boys don't like to get their <laughs> right. haircut because you're going to sap all their strength. Right. And so from a per- personal perspective, I saw that he went in there and loved it. And my daughters, I have twin daughters wow. who are 18 months younger, and they yeah. all loved it. They went in, they hung out, They, if there was a wake, it didn't bother them. So I, I got that there was a need for this concept out in the community. Mm-hmm. But then I looked at it from a business perspective, and it felt like this is something that is recession-proof. This is something that there's a need for. This is something that is a replicable concept that you can replicate it over and over and over with local owners using their local context, their local knowledge, and build this into a national brand. And so I did a little research, and I, I quickly figured out that there wasn't a national brand, that there were some local mom and pops that that were doing children-specific salons, mm-hmm. but uh, 
that nobody had taken it to a different level. And I just felt right. like, given my experience, that that was an opportunity. That's great. I, I kind of laughed when you were telling the story, Wade, because I, we, my wife and I, we thought we were the only ones. We have a, an 11-year-old son, and <laughs> when he was a little boy, he just dreaded to get his hair cut. And, I mean, we started to let his hair grow long because it was like you said. I mean, he he would just freak out in the chair. You know, we always thought that we were the only ones, but I have a feeling <laughs> it, it's a more common scenario than people actually realize, you know, so when I was reading about the story and you were telling it, you know, it just, it kind of made me really appreciate, you know, how, how you took advantage of this opportunity. When, when you're meeting with um, a prospective franchisee, like if you were at a franchise show, wait, and someone came up to your booth and, you know, the typical questions always, you know, how do you, how how do you describe the concept to, to a prospective franchisee? I mean, do people just say, oh, are you a haircutting franchise or how do you typically go from there? Well, I describe it as we are a children-centric business, mm-hmm. providing the highest quality haircuts to children. And we, we do moms and dads as well, mm-hmm. simply for convenience purposes, right. but primarily right. zero to nine-year-old children right. uh, in a fun and comfortable setting. It's a place yeah. where children can go and have fun, and moms and dads can be comfortable sitting there. It's a It's a We've got great furniture. It's a mm-hmm. it's a safe, comfortable place. And then it's not just haircuts. We've kind of got two other aspects of the business. We've got retail products that are geared specifically toward children. Mm-hmm. And there, there are several phases of those. It's it's very gentle. It's very organic. It's very uh, safe. Hair care products, shampoos, conditioners, gels, etc that are geared right. toward children, not that, you know, you find those everywhere. Right. And then we've got retail items. We've got uh, hair accessories. We've got bows. We've got bands. We've got ribbons for the for the young younger girls uh, that are things that people can shop for while they're in our, in our setting. And then the third aspect of the business is we do parties. So we do birthday oh, wow. parties for children, boys, and girls uh, that – are geared toward them, but they're not. We're not cutting hair or anything, but they're just fun parties right. uh, that we can do inside the salon. So it's kind of a multifold business. It's not just the hair cutting concept, but it, it's it's other parts as well that support the business and add revenue. That's clever, Wade. I haven't seen anything like that, you know. And that was my interest in, in interviewing you today. As I said, wow, this is something really different. You know, I haven't seen that, that type of model anywhere appear in Pennsylvania, you know, so I, I thought that was fantastic. How does technology play a role in the business way? You know, like this, this type of, of, of franchise and this type of system, you know, in the old days, there wasn't a lot of technology involved, but I have a feeling there's a little bit more right. technology involved today than 20 years ago. How, how does technology play a role in the business today? Well, it, it's interesting. We have not figured out a way to just stick a child in a tube and get their hair cut by a robot. It (laughs) doesn't work that way. You know, we've got highly trained and very personable hairstylists that that, uh, take care of the children and make sure the parents get what they want and the child does too. But uh, from a marketing and a financial management perspective, uh, we're really embracing the technology that's out there. Mm -hmm. We're working currently with a, uh, software developer on a new point of sale platform that is not only 
really great from a customer tracking perspective. Mm-hmm. We can keep records of what the children like, what the parents want in the way of a cut. Uh, but it's also a great marketing tool. We can text market, yeah. text message our customers and say, hey, we've got this special offer or come in, you haven't been in in a while. And so it's a really great piece of technology for us, and we're piloting it right now in a few of our salons and uh, expect to roll it out to everybody a little later this year. But it's a, it's a great product for us, uh, and we've worked hand-in-hand with the developer to get it done. That's fantastic. I think, you know, those customer relationships are very important. As you were saying earlier, Wade, you know, recession-proof, you know, i I'm always I've always been a big fan of your type of industry and system because – it is recession-proof. People always have to, you know, children always have to get their haircuts, you know, so I, I think it's fantastic. So I, I think that's great. You're listening to Franchise Interviews, and today we're speaking with the CEO of Pigtails and Crew Cuts, Wade Brannon. And Pigtails and Crew Cuts is a children's salon franchise that understands the need for a memorable, stress-free haircutting experience for the entire family. This industry, it, it's amazing. It just seems like it keeps getting bigger and bigger weight. We started the show 12 years ago. Uh, how, where's the industry today? I mean, is it, I know this is a billion dollar industry. Well, it's fascinating. When I got into this, I had no idea. I started looking around and when I was doing my research, I started, you know, trying to understand the, the concept and the model. Mm-hmm. I had no idea that the hair industry was, is as big as it is. And, and right. even then, 15 years ago, it was huge. Yeah. You know, the numbers now are the estimated haircut revenue, hair industry revenue is around $60 billion, and the children's segment of that is around $7 billion. So Incredible. there's a lot of opportunity here. We've right. Got, we've got a bit of room <laughs> to grow, and there's a lot of opportunity to generate some of pick up some of that revenue. So it, it's a it's a it's a dynamic business, and yes. it's fascinating to me, uh, Marty, that you've got a concept that this is something people can do in their driveway or in their bathroom for their children. Right. But right. they're willing to pay somewhat of a premium, but they're willing to pay for an sure. experience. Right. For their children. And it, it's not yeah. something you have to do. Uh, right. But that's people true. are willing to do it. And that's what makes it such an exciting business to us, is that you can take something that's as mundane as a haircut and turn it mm-hmm. into something that's better than it has to be. And people like right. That's fantastic. What's been one of the most interesting things that's happened to you? You know, since since getting involved with with pigtails and crew cuts, wait. I mean, I'm sure you probably have a hundred stories. You know, if you and I were sitting down having a cup of coffee, it's probably a hundred stories you could tell. But does anything stand out? You know, over the years that 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 kind of made an impression. Well, we always laugh about it. We should put that in the book. You know, when something comes up, something new comes up, we're like, oh right. gosh, we got to put that in the book. Right. right. I haven't ever gotten to write around to writing the book after That'll thirty be a great some book. odd years, yeah. but. Yeah, it'll either bore people to death or whatever. But, um, you know, the fascinating thing to me, Marty, has been the change in the way consumers learn about products and services that they're seeking Mm, out. Right. And, you know, you have to understand, again, I I don't mean to talk about how old I am, but I've been doing this since 1984. Right, right. You know, it used to be that marketers 
that companies marketed to their consumers in a very general approach. They ran ads mm-hmm. in magazines or newspapers. They ran ads on television, radio stations, right. billboards, stuff like that. In today's world, it is so fascinating, especially for us because we've got young parents. So we're dealing with young children, so typically it's fairly young parents. The way right. that they learn about products and services that they need is what I call all through uh, computer marketing. Mm -hmm. It's a fascinating thing. And, you know, one day you think you've got the next great approach and the next day it's changed. And that's what's such a fun and cool thing about this is that we're always, and it's easier for us as the franchisor to discover these things, but, we go to conferences and we go to marketing seminars and we learn about the great new ways to reach the consumer mm-hmm. in today's world and, and apply that to our systems. And then our franchisees have the opportunity to use those things to reach their, their customers. But right. to answer your question, a long, long answer, I, I just think it's fascinating the way the whole approach to marketing has changed Mm-hmm. When I think back to X number of years ago, right? Right. It is interesting. Where, you know, I mean, and, and today, you know, I mean, I guess you get a lot of um, measurable responses. You know, I mean, you can keep score today, too, can't you? You know, I mean, it, like you said, sometimes in the old days, it was hard to kind of track what was working and what was not working. And today, it seems like there's, it, it, it's much more easy to keep score, you know? Um, well, as it, far as it is. And yeah. Yeah. And that's part of this point of sale system is we can keep such good track that it's not even a guess. Well, we think it was this, or we thought right. it was that. It's we know specifically where that consumer came from, right. and we're able to then redo that until it changes. You know, right? Until they changes. start figuring out another way. You know, it was Facebook, <laughs> now it's Snapchat. It was this, it was that. Right. Now it's this. You know, that kind of thing. That's great. That's a great response. What types of characteristics do you look for in your franchisees, Wade, when you're meeting with a prospective franchisee? Um, are there any types of characteristics or traits that, that you think are important? Well, first and foremost, you've got to – this is a people business. It's all about mm-hmm. relationships. Right, and right. it's relationships with your customers. It's relationships with your vendors. It's relationships yeah. with your community and your employees. And I'd almost do those in reverse order, but not not really. Mm-hmm. But, so the first characteristic that we look for is you got to be a people person. You know, you yeah. got to want to be out in the community. You got to want to talk right. to customers. You got to want to talk to employees. And so you really need to want to be around people. And not everybody does want to do that. Right. Um, right. And then the, and then the second thing is it's got to be somebody you got to like children. Sure. Um, because they come in and they do like my son did sometimes. They scream. Right. And you right. have to love them for what they are and for the situation. You know, we're going to work really hard to make sure that they're, they enjoy it. But, you know, they're children. And you never of know course. exactly which one's coming in the door that minute. Um, <laughs> That's true. And then we like a business background. I think it's very mm. important that you yeah. understand the idea of how to manage people and everybody's different um, and all of your employees will be different from one another and 
so you've got to understand the nuances of people of personalities and be able to manage right. those people. So a bit of a background in that I think is very important. And then the last thing I would say is is you need to be able to operate within a system. Mm. And I think this is the case yeah. in any franchise. The right. franchisor has developed the system. Now the system will constant constantly be evolving and improving. Right. But you need to be able to follow the system. So if you want to go sure. off and create your own thing, that probably means that that's that a franchise is not for you, and it probably right. means that you need to go off and do your own gig, uh, as right. opposed to getting into a concept where it's so important to follow the systems because you know the other person down the street is following the same systems, right. and we're all building the brand with that focus in mind in the same direction. So, you know, long answer, but that's kind of where what we're looking no, I, for. I think that's terrific. And I have a feeling a lot of those things you were talking about, <clears throat> we, you know, um, you know, talking about working with children, you know, working with employees. I have a feeling that a lot of that is, is probably comes up in the training. Maybe you could talk a little bit about the training. What is that like? Wait, I mean, do they come to corporate for that? How does that work? Yeah, it, it's, it really starts at the very beginning, uh, mm-hmm. and, and I know it's it's sounds kind of silly, but when we are in the discovery process with a franchise prospect, right. we think the training begins there because mm. it's something that if they're going to make this type of investment, they really need to understand what they're getting into. So right. it starts there, um, but then the specific training occurs while they are under construction, while they're doing their mm-hmm. leasehold improvements of their 1,200 to 1,500-foot space. They come to Atlanta. They spend a week here in our office, <clears throat> excuse me, and in our corporate store here in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And th- there they are learning all of the nuances of managing the business. They're learning financial right. management. They're learning marketing. They're learning operations they're learning about hiring techniques they're learning about employee retention techniques so all of the nuances all of the operational training goes on that week um and then you know and we're still working with them throughout the whole pre-opening process we have it's funny we start with you know, semi-regular calls, then they get more regular as they get closer, right. and then they get really boring, boringly often. You know, it's it's almost <sighs> daily type calls as right. they get closer to opening. Right. And then we send one of our great franchise support folks to the salon for the actual opening. So they go there and help wow. you train, help the franchisee train their employees. Uh, they help try to get the jump on building the culture within the salon uh, mm-hmm. and and they're still training the operator as well because there's there's so many nuances there's so many little things that you don't think about right that have to be done but can't be done ahead of time they they have to sure. be done at the opening so we're there for 5 days uh and then there's a whole series of training steps afterwards that we go through so it's it's pretty extensive and our philosophy is our franchisees' success is what makes our success. You know, it, mm-hmm. it's really about them being successful first. And, and I know that sounds a little self-serving, but it's it's really true. If they are doing well, 
then they will want to do more stores. They will want to open right. additional salons, or they will validate our concept to prospective franchisees. So we're fully geared here toward ensuring their success, and that comes through training and constant retraining and you know regular visits and regular meetings and, and, and all of that. So it never really ends. It, it sounds to me, it's interesting, like in listening to you, Wade, you know, and you mentioned the word earlier, you know, is, is you mentioned the significance of relationships, you know, relationships with your customers, relationships with your vendors, and, of course, for you, the relationships with your franchisees. Is, is that what you like most about franchising like this? Because you've been doing this a long time now. And what do you like most about franchising? Uh, I, that is what I like. It is the relationships, yeah. Providing an op what's that? The relationships. It sounds like that's uh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. To you speak. It, it, we yeah. talk about us being a family, and right, right. You know that may sound a little hokey, but we we really view our franchise owners as an extension of our family, and it, it is it is so gratifying to give somebody an opportunity mm-hmm. to be to own their own business but with the support that gives them a greater chance of success than if they were doing it on their own. Right. And and seeing somebody from the day they get into this when they, you know, they're they're an infant, you know, and a business sure. infant. And I, and I don't mean that literally, but they're they're so new to owning a business and then one day it all of a sudden everything just clicks and it's so exciting to see Wow, this is great! I love this business. You guys have been awesome. Let's do more. I'm having the success that I dreamed of. You know, it, it, my right. favorite question: Would you do it again? And if we right. always get the answer yeah. yes, then we've done our job, right. and and that's what's exciting about it. Because it must be uh, scary, you know. I'm sure you have franchisees Wade that have owned their own business in the past, but you have franchisees who have never owned their own business, and I, it's like you were saying, you know, telling the story is, you know, some of them must be. It must be a little terrifying, you know. You remember the first time you owned your own business; it had to be a, a kind of a scary experience. So, franchising again, you having that support probably <laughs> helps a lot or provides some comfort uh, to people who have owned their, their owning a business for the first time, doesn't it? Uh, it does. And it, it yeah. takes some of the angst away, but the angst yeah. is still there. And right, you know, I think course. that angst gives you a little bit of an edge. I, I think I think if you're a little nervous about failure, or a lot nervous about failure, right? The case with a lot of entrepreneurs, you're still going to be nervous. Uh, that's fine. You know, that's what keeps you motivated, and that's what keeps you working hard and doing the best you can every day. Is that fear of failure and that thrill of success? Yeah, I like that. I haven't. <clears throat> it's interesting, you know. We've been doing the show almost 13 years now, and I haven't heard that, but it makes so much sense, Wade, as you're saying it. You know, is is it, that that's a good thing, you know, to be nervous about failure. You know, is is it, you want this thing to be so successful, you know, that it really keeps you on your toes, and I I, I think that's that's fantastic. You're listening to Franchise Interviews, and we're speaking with the CEO of Pigtails and Crew Cuts, Wade Brannon. And Pigtails and Crew Cuts is a children's salon franchise that understands the need for a memorable, stress-free haircutting experience for the entire family. You've been doing this a, a while now, Wade, so maybe you could talk um, to our listeners or speak to our listeners a little bit about, you know, what is a typical day like for a Pigtails and Crew Cuts franchise? I'm sure every day is probably a little bit different, but there are similarities uh, throughout well, the days and the weeks. It is. And, and 
You're right. And the difference I would start with is are you a single unit operator or are you a multi-unit operator? Mm, Right. And, you know, most of our owners now own multiple units, which is a, is a very positive thing to us. We we think, yes. you know, if you start out with one and you look up in 18, 24 months and go, hey, I'm ready to do it again, we've won. Agreed, right. You know, we've we've all kicked it. So if if um if you're a single unit operator, you're pretty much involved in the business on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Now that doesn't our business lends itself to absentee ownership very much so, but Okay. I still think for a period of time, you've got to be in the salon, excuse me, building a, a customer base, building mm-hmm. a culture with your employees, you know, right. build the environment that you're trying to achieve. It, it's that kind of that, we call it that pigtails way. You know, it's it's how, how are you going to be involved developing that culture? And right. and so that that involves getting to know your customers. That involves getting to know your employees. That involves getting to, uh, you know, doing all the marketing, doing all the, you know, the day in and day out operations that come with running a small business, whether it's mm-hmm. you know hams or haircuts. Sure. And um, you know, then when you when you graduate to either more hands off then your job is really more of a um, manager manager type job, you know, work right, on the business right. as opposed to in the business. And, right, right. Uh, and that's what I think most of our franchise owners, a number of them start out like is they want to uh, have this work life balance. Uh, sure. And so they're, they're working toward the time when they can step away a little bit, but at the same time, you're still doing things. You're still managing payroll. You're still uh, managing labor hours. You're still doing the marketing. You're still looking for additional locations. Uh, and then when you become a multi-unit operator, then it's even different. You've got, uh, you know, you're you're not only managing managers. You might have added a second layer of management. So you might be managing a general manager who's managing mm-hmm. managers. Sorry, right. that was that was a little difficult to follow, but That's okay. <laughs> uh, and so it, it's um, it evolves, and it really depends on what you want it to be uh, right. when you go into this, and, and and recognizing that it will probably change from what you thought you wanted it to be when you got in, but it can be any number of things. It just depends on where you are in your evolution. Because you've been doing this such a long time, Wade, I mean, I have to ask, I mean, what advice would you give to our listeners in their quest to buy a franchise? You know that there's there's so much out there today, um, and a lot of our listeners in the beginning phases are kind of confused because there's just so much to choose from in terms of franchising. There's so many different industries franchising today, and a lot of people don't even know where to begin. From everything you've learned up to this point, what advice would you give to our listeners in their quest to buy a franchise? Well, there's a couple of answers to this. One is I think mm-hmm. you can you can do the research on your own. And right. there's so much information out there. You can do the research on your own, but you need to have a fairly defined idea of what you want. If you don't have that defined idea, there are also people who can guide you. And so that right. may be a path you choose to go. Uh, mm-hmm. Franchise brokers, uh, right. We really should hope we hope have your interest in be- at best 
your best interest at heart as opposed to representing a franchise or who Agreed. they're selling this week. Right, exactly. Uh, but either way, either way you approach it, the prospect first has to find an industry that satisfies their likes and dislikes. Mm-hmm. You know, do you want to work at night? You know, I mean, right. restaurant concepts, if you're a full-service restaurant, you're going to be working at night. If that's something that appeals, then great. If it's right. not, go in a different direction. Right. But define what your level of work is. Do you want to work at night? Do you want to work from home? Do you want to, you know, as an example, those are those are just one example. But Right. Um, and then make sure when you narrow it down to a few things, does it work for your family? And mm. does it work for everybody who has a vote? Meaning, right. does your wife or your husband, do they agree that this is the right industry slash concept? Um, and, and then I think make sure the time constraints fit into your lifestyle. Make sure you're willing to work harder and smarter than you ever have. Don't right. think because you're buying a franchise, somebody's just going to give you the keys and it's going to be right. a pat hand. You're going to work right. harder than you've ever worked before working for somebody else. It It is yeah. just a fact, and you need to expect it. You need to understand it. Now, that's the most gratifying work you'll ever do, sure. but it's, it's, it, it is challenging. And so you have to understand that. Choose a franchise that has experience and a track record. Mm. Uh, Make sure it's somebody who's going to support you. Make sure that you've done your research, that you understand the business model. Make sure you understand that the model works in your life. And I know I've I've touched on that before, but I think that's the most Mm -hmm. important thing. I've heard people say over the years, well, I didn't know I was going to have to work that hard. Well, then you didn't do your research. Right. And, you know, do your homework. Talk to franchisees, existing franchisees, about the franchisor and about the business model. Right. And when you're talking to them, read between the lines. You know, ask mm. the question, would you do it again? Yeah. Has this question. been what you expected it to be? Yeah. Um, and, and then make sure you understand the financial model, not just the business model, but the overall financial model. It's You don't want surprises. There will always be right. surprises in entrepreneurship. Right. There will always be changes. There will always be surprises. But you want to minimize those, and you don't want that financial surprise that could cripple you. And and Agreed. I think those are – you know, those are kind of the things I would try to recommend to somebody, whether it's whatever industry or whatever approach they're taking to to anything business-wise. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's – you made a lot of great points, Wade. You know, I like how you mentioned family, you know, of course, because your, your family is coming along for the ride with you, aren't they, you know, in, in, in many cases. Absolutely. And, you know, I think you're right. That's that's just it's so important. And I think sometimes you're right. You know, franchising does get that. You know, that there's that old term they call like turnkey operation. You know, and then there's probably really no such thing. You know, a lot of times we hear that. You know, franchisees they do, particularly their first year. You know, is sometimes the most difficult year of their life. You know, I mean, it, it's it's working many hours. You know, to to take it to another level. You know, so you really made some some very interesting points in, in giving advice to 
our listeners. So, so I can ask you, you know, as the, the leader of the organization, Wade, you know, I mean, what are the plans for the future uh, for pigtails and crew cuts? I mean, if you could look into a crystal ball, maybe three to five years down the road, where do you see pigtails and crew cuts? We've got, we're going to continue doing what we do. And we've got mm-hmm. an extraordinary team right now at our corporate office. And it's, it's a group I'm really, really proud of and pleased with and excited about. And so we're taking a pretty aggressive approach to expand our concept to desirable right. markets all over the country. We're we're gonna we're gonna kinda get after it. And we're working with our existing franchisees to help them develop additional locations, but we've also got a an extensive marketing plan to attract qualified new franchisees. I don't anticipate mm-hmm. any dramatic change other than just volume. You know we're gonna we're mm. gonna grow this thing pretty aggressively and make sure that we're the the place that people think of to go get their children's haircut right uh, throughout the country. That's fantastic. How can our listeners wait get more information on pigtails and and, and crew cuts as the service, of course, but even more specifically the, the franchise opportunity? Are there any websites that you'd like to go to them or you can direct them to? Yeah. Uh, pigtailsandcrewcuts.com and the and is spelled out apparently you can't use an ampersand in the in the <laughs> uh, in the line but um right. pigtailsandcrewcuts.com there's a whole franchise section uh lady named Hannah Swanson here you can reach her by telephone anytime you need uh but you can do start with that and follow the guidelines from there and it really is a process the you know, we try to help people. I say we don't sell franchises. That's obviously a little bit of a misnomer. But I really believe yeah. that our job here is to help you figure out if this is the concept for you and we're the people you want to do it with. And right. so, you know, feel free to reach out. You're not going to get a hard sell job. What we're trying to do is match up great operators uh, with our system that, that when it fits, when it's appropriate. That's terrific. Well, I really enjoyed speaking to you today, Wade, and I'd already like to invite you back, you know, over the next year or so as you continue to grow, because I think this is a very interesting concept, and uh, I'd like to speak to you again on it. Marty, I'd appreciate it. Thanks for having me. This has been my pleasure, Wade, and we'll be right back with more franchise interviews. Coming up on segment two, you're going to hear what every franchisepreneur needs to know before buying a franchise. We're going to play a clip from our popular Great Quotes in Franchising podcast right here on Franchise Interviews. Are you one of those special people who are willing to go after your dreams and goals? Are you ready to fulfill that dream of owning your own business with the security of a proven brand? The opportunity to take control of your future and own a Rita's Italian Ice franchise is within your reach. Rita's is seeking success-oriented individuals who are ready to make a change in their life, and Rita's offers unparalleled training and support to assure your success. And did you know the frozen treat industry is a recession-proof industry and there are Rita's in 23 states currently with 540 stores open. Rita's Italian Ice has been around for 25 years and is listed as a top-performing franchise by the Wall Street Journal. Now here's the really good part. Rita's Italian Ice is a unique and amazing taste treat. 
It's smoother than a snow cone, and it combines ice with real fresh fruit. The real fruit adds dramatically to the taste, and it comes in over 40 flavors. The ice and fruit are mixed on site and made fresh daily, and it is delicious. You'll want to know more about this exciting and successful franchise opportunity. Go to www.ownaritas.com and get all your questions answered. That's www.ownaritas.com to take control of your dreams and future today. You don't want to wait any longer to be a part of this adventure. www.ownaritas.com Today's great quote in franchising is being brought to you by The Stone Coat Franchise Opportunity. Are you looking for a unique and lucrative franchise opportunity? If so, take a look at Stone Coat. With a patented process which creates a true stone finish on almost any wall or ceiling, Stone Coat is a true game-changing product in the multi-billion dollar construction industry. Stone Coat is applied faster, cleaner, and cheaper than conventional quarried stone, which saves both time and money. With advantages in remodel and new construction of both residential and commercial projects, Stone Coat is a true crossover product. The Stone Coat franchise opportunity provides a low startup cost, low operating expenses, comprehensive training, ongoing support, and no royalty payments. For more information on the Stone Coat franchise opportunity, go to www.stonecoatfranchise.com. That's www.stonecoatfranchise.com or call us at 972-380-2700. That's 972-380-2700. Hi everyone, this is Marty McDermott from Franchise Interviews and welcome to another edition of Great Quotes in Franchising, where each podcast you get to hear a great quote in franchising. You know, we've been hosting Franchise Interviews many years now and during that time we've had some incredible quotes on our show. Today you're going to get to hear from Sam Hans, who is the president of Stone Coat. And one of the questions we asked Sam when we had him on the show was what advice would you give to our listeners in their quest to buy a franchise? And Sam talked about the importance of doing a self-evaluation and asking yourself important questions like, what do you like to do? Because in franchising, experience can be taught. So let's listen to what Sam had to say. Probably one of the most qualified people to answer the question, studying your background, Sam, is what advice would you give to our listeners? We call them aspiring franchipreneurs. You know, most of them are looking to buy a franchise. But as you know, I mean, there's so much out there today. We find that a lot of them just simply don't know where to begin, and it becomes a bit overwhelming. So what advice would you give to our listeners in their quest to buy a franchise? Uh, Marty, you're you're touching something that is dear to my heart right now because this mm. is the part of business that I love is is helping people find their right fit, mm-hmm. and and that's the primary thing that I tell people. Your starting point is to do a self evaluation and come up with the things that you like to do. If mm-hmm. you are not a hands on person, don't get into the lawn maintenance business. Uh, right. If you are if you like being outside, there's all kinds of businesses to look at outside. If you're more sure. of a uh, analytical bookkeeping type person, there's franchises there. If you have a uh, love food, uh, then food offers great opportunities. Right. So right. that's the first thing I tell people is really decide what you want. 
to do, what you like to do, not necessarily what you have experience at, because in the franchising world, mm. experience can be taught. So that's right. the first right. point. Second thing I tell people is figure out your resources and don't overextend. The uh, Chamber of Commerce, National Chamber of Commerce, says that the number one reason for business failures in the United States is undercapitalization. So you've got to you've got to know your resources and don't overextend it. Talk to the people that are most important to you and get their input. And, and I always tell people give your your loved ones permission to hurt your feelings if that's mm-hmm. what it takes, so they can be brutally honest about what they see in you. Uh, Then when you get to the company, research the owners first. Know who the owners are. Go visit them. Uh, Make sure that that their their goals and ambitions align with what you really are looking for. And character is important. It's extremely important. And then the second thing you want to research is the industry. Is it a good, stable industry? Uh, and instead of some fad that could come and go. And then the third thing is research the franchise model. Most people get that a little out of order because the first thing they want to do is research the franchise model. And I tell them, no, back up and go look at the owners and then look at at the industry, and then thirdly is look at that. And finally, franchising is not selling. Franchising is finding good fits and good matches for life ambitions between the franchisee and the franchisor. And if anybody is pushing you or pressuring you to to purchase a franchise, then you need to run away from that as fast as you can. The people on the other side of the table from the the prospective franchisee should be just as anxious to get involved in understanding what what both sides are looking for. Wow, it's a great answer. We've been doing the show 10 years, and I have to say that's one of the best responses we've had in almost 500 shows. So I could tell you you've been doing this a long time. Thank you. It just included everything. It's just a great response. So what what are the plans then, Sam? I mean, I can ask you as the president of the organization, I mean, where do you see Stone Coat maybe like three to five years down the road? <laughs> well, I... If you'd like to hear that whole interview with Sam Hans of Stone Cold, all you have to do is go to FranchiseInterviews.com, go to our Franchises by Category page, and go to our Home Repair and Improvement category. You can hear that whole interview. And Sam had a lot of great advice during that particular show. And finally, we just want to thank everyone for making this podcast such a big success. It's hard to imagine now that we've been doing this show almost 10 years now and uh, approaching 500 shows. So we just want to thank everyone for all their support. And we'll see you again soon with another edition of Great Quotes in Franchising from Franchise Interviews. Take care, everyone. Franchise Interviews. From Easton, Pennsylvania to Sydney, Australia, you're listening to Franchise Interviews. Franchise Interviews. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.